This is a Brain Bites episode. We share two quick ideas we learned this week to help you leverage your brain for a better life. And always remember, make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a Brain Tools episode. It's time to level up your brain. Let's get cracking. It's Brain Bites number 20. And in this week, uh, in terms of the discovery that I had, I wanted to basically have an homage to the fact that we spoke about mental models in Brain Bites 19. If you haven't listened to that episode, please feel free to go back because it gives you hopefully a decent overview as to what mental models are. But I actually wanted to start now moving into specific mental models that can help you in the way that you think, obviously at work, in life, and the way that we obviously view the world. And the one that I want to start off with is something that we've basically put around lots. It's called leverage. Leverage, leverage, leverage. I'm sure it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but it's always really interesting to know that we've been using levers for thousands of years. Take, I suppose, the ancient Egyptians used it to lift stones upward, you know, more than 100 tons to build the pyramids. A lot of the modern day things that we have also do so. Leverage um, levers, um, for example, scissors do so. Um, We've got crowbars that do so. Even our jaw is an example of a lever. And so Archimedes basically once said that, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to stand it, and I shall move the world. Now, I'm not going to lie, Archimedes is probably being a little bit dramatic there, but his exaggeration there is that levers give us a disproportionate strength. And this idea of leverage can be applied in so many different aspects of our life. And hence, it's actually a mental model because it finds its way into many different disciplines and many different contexts. But the key main preface is that you are decoupling input and output. So for example, I've got cause and effect, right? I normally put one unit of input and I'll produce one unit of output. That might be I put one hour in and I'm able to get one log, for example, if I'm doing some manual labor. Leverage is when your one unit of input leads to more than one unit of output. So it's one unit of input to say 10. And that's when you start to create leverage. And there's a couple examples um, that I'd like to share with you, which is first, first and foremost, critical mass right? The critical mass is when you reach a specific point or an inflection point that actually leads to disproportionate and exponential outcomes. An example of this would be, say you're running a company and hopefully you are and it's startup, it's going really, really well. And you need a certain number of customers that once you actually hit that number, maybe it's five or 10, that will then be the inflection point that leads to more customers coming on board in a disproportionate sense. So instead of a salesperson getting, I don't know, one meeting for one sale, it starts to become disproportionate. Um, another example of critical mass is with students in a class, right? I'm sure in school, you always saw that there were popular kids and there were you know bullies. There were people that though had a lot of sway over the crowd. So if you're a teacher and you say wanted your students to read more, if you are able to get the two or three popular kids to do that specific thing, then the rest will generally follow. And that's the whole idea of critical mass. That's an example of leverage because you're actually focusing on a key point within any system, putting more effort in that then leads to all other outcomes taking place. An example that we've spoken about plenty, which is Pareto's principle, the 80-20 rule that states that 20% of inputs are responsible for 80% of the outputs. So example being 20% of the foods are causing 80% of the harm in your body, hypothetically, right? That 20% of the customers are responsible for 80% of the revenue, that 20% of the people you spend time with are responsible for 80% of the time that you actually take. So it's an idea that there's a critical mass here again, 
And this is leverage, right? Because then you're focusing on the most important sections. And the last one might be theory of constraints, which is in any system, there is going to be a bottleneck. It might be that you're losing customers in a specific area, or it might be that there's a specific topic that's actually really difficult when you're studying at university. The theory of constraints basically says, hey, look for that particular section. If you work on it, it'll free up a bunch more downstream, especially in terms of, say, you know, a river. That's a really good example as well, hopefully, in that if you've got different blockages across a river, you take the, the key blockage, it then will actually lead to greatest water, the greater water flow across the system, which will then obviously move across time. So if we think about this in terms of how you could potentially use it in your life, a guy called Alan McLucas, who is the author of a book called Decision-Making, says the following quote, leverage is built on the notion that small, well-focused actions can sometimes produce significant, enduring improvements if and only if they are applied in the right place. Tackling a difficult problem is often a matter of seeing where the high leverage lies. And so the example of how you could potentially apply this in your life is the principle of working smart and hard. It's obviously a false dichotomy when people say, I'd rather work smart than hard and vice versa. You basically got to do both, right? But if you find the place where your actions will prove most effective, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in your work life, whether it's in exercise, then you find that specific position. Then you go hard as hell to execute that accordingly. And that's what leads to velocity. There's a guy who oh, I suppose every entrepreneur might know, Naval. Um, he's got a book called Naval's Almanac, which is done by, I think, Eric Jorgensen, but uh, he's also got a famous podcast called How to Get Rich, which is sounds very, very spammy, but it's actually quite useful, not going to lie. But he talks about leverage in three other ways that you might want to apply to your life which is decoupling your time specifically from an outcome. Now, the oldest form of leverage was always, always labor. It's getting other people to work for you. But the problem here is that there are normally hidden costs with doing so. Yeah, you can have 10 people do stuff for you, but then you have to manage the people and it's hard, sometimes hard to scale when that happens. Not saying it's a bad thing. This is literally the oldest form of leverage, but it's an example, right? Where your time is getting, you're getting more unit output per time. The other one is money. Right? If you've got money and capital, then you can make money on money. But the, the newest form of leverage, so to speak, is basically building products that you build once and you're able to sell twice, to quote a guy called Jack Butcher. And that's through podcasts, media, books, courses. And so the question that I want to leave you with today is where will you get a disproportionate return on the effort you put into something? And that is what leverage is. No matter what problem you're looking at, you're looking for that ridiculous ROI so that you can then Go really, really hard once you find the spot that you want to ac actually execute and execute hard accordingly. And so that brings us to the close of Brain Bites 20, looking at leverage, which is a mental model that hopefully you can add to your lattice works. We hope you love this Brain Bites episode. If you wanted to support us, the best way is to add a screenshot of it to your Insta story or to share it in a WhatsApp group with friends or share the link to someone who you think might benefit from it. We'll see you next time. Thank you.